Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms. Legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. And uh, welcome to uh, yet another ver- another version of a, a 2016, a 2016 right, right, version. Right, right, the first one. That's right, first one of 2016, Roden, of uh, Bill Roden on sports. Uh, it's very exciting. It's our first um, live, quote-unquote, live recording right. here with uh, my co-host, Jamal Murphy. All the way up in Harlem, freezing. Uh, that's right, Harlem. It is cold, man. It's cold as <laughs> well. Um, Jamal, happy happy New Year! Happy New Year to you too. Thank and you. Here with uh, Pat. Hello. It is, it's cold outside, but it's January. But you're a hockey guy, man. You, yeah, you be, I you? know, but I like the baseball weather. When I see that's complete. <laughs> he he likes hockey, but he, he likes hockey, but like anyway. So listen, this is very, uh, it was very exciting. We, um, you know, we started doing these podcasts in uh, in April. And here we are in January of 2016. So uh, I'd like to thank, number one, Jamal for hanging in there, being a great co-host. Hasn't been too hard, you know, it's my pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. And Pat, a lot of fun, you know, this has been very cool. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, and we've got, uh, I guess you can't see them, Uh, we've got our Brooklyn College MFAs here doing the Doing a version of, uh, I guess, the version of, uh, uh, what do you call the cast, simulcast? This is sort of like the, the uh, inner city version of the simulcast, you know. But these, these guys are really, really, really good. Uh, we've got, I've got everybody's name now, right? We've got Dexter over there. Uh, Happy New Year, guy. Dexter's doing the lighting. And over here we have uh, Kevin. Kevin uh, doing the shooting. And we've got Michael. Are you going to stay like this a whole day? Yeah, I'm just going to revolve around. You're Michael holding the uh, mic. And we have a special guest we're going to be bringing in a little later on. Uh, Rome Neal is in the house. And we'll tell you a little bit about more about Rome Neal. He's a tremendous singer. A tremendous singer. Uh, and his daughter is a tremendous swimmer. Not only just a tremendous swimmer, but she's a, a bronze medalist, an Olympic bronze medalist. Many wow. of you probably saw her uh, last Olympics she won a bronze medal and now she's uh, I guess she's going to be after the gold right individual individual nothing, nothing wrong with a team but right, right, you know, right. at some point got to be all about me <laughs> <laughs> you know so anyway listen um, a lot of football to clean up a actually lot. I look a lot of, of football to look forward to uh, we'll, we'll, I'm going to beat you guys up a little later about the Jets. But first, the breaking news was, uh, is the Giants decide to part ways with Tom Coughlin? It's not really a big surprise. And Tom has had a good run. But they, it, was very, it was very well done. I mean, it was very nicely done. I mean, if you look around the league and how they're just like pushing, like it was just a slaughterhouse, right, around the league, right? Right. Right, they, you know, they gave him the opportunity to step down. Yeah, I mean, technically, he stepped down, right? Yeah, that's, that, what they're that's saying. it. They didn't fire him. They right. brought him in, and and the way the, the you know the commentary and listen, we all knew that the, because J- Coughlin is so beloved by the organization. Right, and he's the fans. Won, and the fans, and he's won, and he's won two Super Bowls. I mean, how many? You know, I mean, how many people? If you look around, the Jets would. You know, yeah, they, they kill for that. Yeah, they kill for getting close, yeah. right? Yeah, we've been to a couple. Uh, the Jets have been to a couple AFC Championship games, not, not but since twenty, but have not had the the Coughlin like success for yeah, sure. Yeah, and and uh, so I, you know, I mean, so I think that they did it the dignified way, and I think he probably knew. Now, now we don't know like how much head button there was, like in the, how how much they flogged him, but it was right. very dignified and. You know, it was very nice uh, that he was going to have a press conference and all that. But what what do you guys think? I know you guys are gi- dyed-in-the-wool uh, Jets fans, but you got to give Coughlin his props, right? He did a good job. I mean, he did oh, yeah. a good job. Of course, you know, two Super Bowls, nothing to sneeze at, obviously. Um, you know, but it was, it was his time. You know, the, the Giants have struggled the last few years. Um, Coughlin's been a great Hall of Fame coach. 
but time catches up with everybody. Yeah. And I think it was his time, and it's, I think it's time that the Giants try to go in a different direction. It'll be interesting to see who they what hire, that direction right. is. Yeah, because uh, this will be the fr- actually this will be John Mar- Mara's, uh, who's the owner, you know, principal owner, his first head coach, and it'll be Jerry Reese's first co op sure today he's just breathing a sigh of relief that he survived. Today. 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 Well, you know, this is going to be his first coach. So, you know, we'll see. But so, and the Giants rarely make, I mean, they, they, they don't make a lot of changes. So it'll be very interesting to see who they, who they bring in. Um, now, to the Jets. Now we finished with the Giants. What happened, man? I mean, you know, we, we, we've been talking, even I thought the Jets might win. I mean, I, you know, because I, I figured, you know, that I really, really want to write that column against same old Jets. But what happened, man? I mean, I, so you guys followed them and you found, what, what, I, oh, Kevin is here. I should bring, we should bring Kevin, we should bring Kevin here, man. What, yeah, Kevin, come here, man. What, Kevin is our, is our uh, MFA student. I think you, in our first podcast, remember I had to make Kevin take his, uh, take his Jets cap off. Oh, he was, man. He was, I said, man, listen, this professional. Lesson number one, don't, don't bring your rooting interest to the press box to the press box lesson learned he lesson learned he lets, but so we'll get a three-way conversation what happened man i mean the, listen everything was laid out for you guys man i mean you 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 last remember the the first game last week right pittsburgh won the door was not just cracked the door was wide open for the taking for the it was just there for you you would have been like the mets you would have had you have had the city to yourself for at least a week. If you were going to play Cincinnati with no Andy Dalton, then you play Houston with no body of note. Uh, the, the, you know, then you would have made play Kansas City with uh, whoever. Nobody of note. Nobody Again. of note. The, you would have yeah, got AFC to, is wide open. Hey, the only person you would have had to know was to to New England, and they're beat up. Brady's beat up. I'm like, man, I see the picket fence. I saw the picket fence. And what did you motherfuckers do? Okay, now, take it from there. What happened? Okay, I'm, I'm giving the back, back. This is Jamal, this is Pat, and this is Kevin. What the hell happened? What do you have to say for yourself? Hands, that's all it was. It was a lack of hands. We did not catch any balls. We dropped everything. Uh, Marshall, Decker, everybody was dropping balls left and right like it was their first game. And <laughs> although the weather was definitely a contributing factor, I still, at, at a level. Buffalo, you know you're going to play Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not like the quarterback never played there before either because Fitzpatrick started, what, 10 games there or something like that. Yeah, so. in, fact, in fact, a lot of people were saying, now you know how we feel. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I mean, you know, I, I didn't have much confidence that the Jets were going to get it done. And it, to me, it was at best 50-50. And it was, a, you know, I don't think it was an easy situation either. I mean, the Jets are a solid team. But again, we go back to Fitzpatrick. He's a, he's a decent quarterback, had a very good year, but he is what he is. And I feel like he came back down to earth. You saw the Buffalo Bills. You saw the bad Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. resurface at a bad time, but that's the way it goes. In the biggest games, you you see what you know the true player is. And I'm you know, and Fitzpatrick has been solid. Like I said, I think he should be given a chance to come back next year. You know, I'm not downing him totally. Exactly. Geno Smith. Right. I mean, up until up until that point, the MVP of the of the team was what's the guy's name who broke Geno's jaw. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know his yeah, name. I can't. He was, I, can't I mean, a lot of Jets fans were saying he was the MVP because, trust me, I, and I, 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 you know, in, in today's column at the New York Times, I mean, I, I didn't kill Fitzpatrick, but the point is, I don't think they would have been this far. They would not. They would not have been this far had it not been for Fitzpatrick. Because what's the name? Geno Smith. No, it, no it, I agree. Is not definitely. Not that he's a brother. I love him as a brother, but I love him as a brother, but now he's just quarterback. You can only go so far. Yeah, you know, that only goes so brother far. Heart, there's brotherhood, yeah. then there's being a quarterback. Yeah, right, right. Still got to win games. Yeah, you got to win games, yeah. brother. You know, but no, so, um, yeah, it was really it was really disappointing. So how did you guys feel, though? You know, they were they came out flat. Now, that's, we've got some... Some some tape here, uh, Kevin. We're about to send you back to the back to your role here, but I just want to make sure we got you right. Uh, but how did you feel, honestly? How did you feel when they were down? Was it 1917? The the, the uh, Jets were down right. by two. Right. They were driving. They were driving for what was going to be. Right. You know, they, the defense did its job. 
got him off the field, and I'm thinking, here we go. This is going to be it. What were you guys thinking at that point? To be honest, I had a bad feeling. It doesn't sound like a good fan, but I just didn't feel it that day. <laughs> <And that's laughs> you know what? This is consistent. Now, Jamal last week called this. Jamal, Jamal last week called this. I said, Jamal, come on, man. You got a break. You can get, you know, no, no. I, you know, and, and, and now you're saying they get the ball, they're driving, and you have a bad feeling. Uh-huh. Right. Well, they just didn't have it all day there. And I mean, uh, learned behavior from experience is that in situations like that, they don't typically rise to the occasion. But that's just my two cents. <laughs> Yeah, and and, the, and Buffalo, as as we said the last couple of weeks, Buffalo is a solid team. They're a 500 team. Uh, Rex Ryan is good in these situations where you need to win one game. He's good at getting people's emotions up, focusing on one game. There could have been no bigger game for him. I mean, this was. I mean, to, I bet he feels right now like he's in the playoffs. You probably have to pinch him and tell him he's not in the playoffs right now. He's eight and eight. A couple players said, and I thought this. I thought. Oh, bye, bye, Kevin. Thank, good job, good, good job, Kevin. <laughs> hey, uh, again, we, we're here at uh, we're here at Home Sweet Harlem, uh, at Harlem, USA, on Amsterdam Avenue, uh, owned by the wonderful uh, Donna Lewis, who's going to join us a little a little later uh, in the podcast. Donna, she's bowing her head. I said, number one is radio, so people can't see you bowing your head. You know? <laughs> but it's a one. It's really a wonderful place. In fact, I was going to think, Donna, if because we're we're trying to you know gauge our our mounting audience. So if somebody comes in here and says, "Hey, listen, uh, we listen to Bill Roden on sports," what do they get? Do they get like a free drink or uh, a uh, what do they get? Or do they just get thank you? What, what do they get? Free wine? Free? She's looking at me like, free, free <laughs> how, doesn't seem how to. How dare you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they come in here and they say, listen, we heard about, we heard about Sweet Home in Harlem on Bill Roden on sports. What, what, what? Think about it. Hey, think about it. You got time. We're going to bring you on. Think about it. Think about it. Oh, now see, now, now, now see, this, this brothers. Now see, now this is a podcast. It's not gonna go up till tomorrow. <laughs> so he say, "Oh, drinks on the house, drinks on the house." <laughs> anyway, think about it, Donovan. We'll, 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 you know. Okay. Anyway, um, but you know, a, a few of the players said yesterday that um, uh, who's the, 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 the center, the long, uh, Nick Mango, Nick Mango. About three players said, you know, we just came out flat. Right. Now, normally when, when you say you come out flat, that's kind of the kiss of death with a coach, right? I mean, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who else you blame it on. I mean, obviously the players are, have to be accountable. But, you know, I don't, the Bills didn't come out flat. And uh, I'm sure Rex Ryan had a nice little uh, pep talk in the locker room. Yeah. And, and again, I think Todd Bowles, again, has done a great, a great job. And I, I have a couple. Uh, I was at the game Sunday. And um, I want us to listen to a few clips of his post-game news conference. Uh, Just not so much. Let's hear what he said. I mean, this first clip, uh, uh, the first uh, clip was um, just how do you think you guys came out? How do you think you guys came out? This is what he said. Uh, we played hard. We got frustrated uh, early on. Break things go our way. We got to keep our composure better than that. And uh, after he goes down, we'll just make enough play. All right. And you know, after that, they they uh, they asked Bowles, um, was he frustrated? Right? Uh, was he was he was he frustrated uh, about the loss? And this is what he said. Disappointment comes with it. You, you win the game, you go, you don't lose. You understand the consequences of it. And then they asked about his his first season assessment. What was his first season assessment? And, uh, you know, he, he gave an interesting answer. This, this is what he said. We're building something. Like I said, we're working progress and we're growing. And we got a lot more growing to do. But we made some strides. We just got to make more. Now, and, uh, uh, and then uh, I asked him again. You know, well, how did you guys think you came out? Because my my thing was clearly you didn't you didn't envision this. I mean, right. with everything at stake, you envisioned fire and brimstone and coming out. So I asked him again, how do you think you guys came out? Your composure in these type of ball games, and some of them haven't been in this situation before. But we we played hard. You know, we just didn't make enough plays. You gotta give him credit. And then somebody else asked him, well. 
after after the Jets cut the lead to 1917, did you think you were going to win? To which he said, We don't win every week. We're going to not make the playoffs and try to win every week. We had a podcast, you know, into the ball game, but we didn't make enough plays. Now, this is why I'm playing these 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 clips. Now, I think one of the one of Todd's admirable qualities is his is his evenness. You know, he never gets too high, never gets too low. And you, I think you hear it, that he doesn't, he doesn't get too high. But at some point, don't you, again, you know, don't you guys think at some point you have to ratchet it up a little bit? I mean, you know, not right. just, you know, right? Well, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not being misguided you know, it seen, I mean, it, I get your point, but... You know, it might be, you know, he might just not want to give that to the press. I mean, we don't know what he's really like in the locker room. When you listen to the players, almost uniformly, they like him a lot. They say that he, he, uh, he brings passion to the, to the game, to, the, to practices. Um, they feel like he, he gives the team confidence. But I do get what you're saying. As far as we can see, we don't really see that. And times like this, when, when they lose a game or when they come out slow for a huge game, Obviously, you know, from the outside looking in, we're like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah, and, and I, I guess for every coach, and, and again, I've got to say that. Oh, go ahead, Pat. What's well, your what's I mean, your what's your excuse? Well, I mean, I was, I get what you're saying. Like the coach should fire them up, but if you win and you're in, shouldn't that be enough motivation? Like the quarterback right. and a running back, right. wide receiver. Like, do they really need a pep rally? Like. I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking about that. I mean, right. they should be just motivating themselves. Like, if we if we win, we're in. And this is the whole point of playing the season. And they just had to have come out not flat. And maybe maybe the, the the flat was frozen because right. it, was, it was cold up there, man. Oh, right. brother. Woo. And you can't blame Woo. you can't blame Bowles for you know shank punts. I don't think uh, Brent uh, Marshall dropping passes he should have caught Decker dropping a couple passes yeah yeah I mean, yeah as Kevin said there are a lot of drops, and not just not just yesterday right there were there were a lot of drops and you know I guess we've all been watching sports over the years and if trust me if this was New England you know that everything the Jets did wrong they would do right right invariably you think that Tom Brady would be driving ninth down 19-7 and you think there would be a way that you just knew with him it's over. You just turn the television off and just go because you know it was over, right? Right. And they're 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 consistently we've seen it. Whether it's if you're a Knicks fan, every team that comes here they make the plays and you don't. Uh-huh. Maybe it's New York. Maybe it's maybe it's New York. Well, I, well, but but New York is <laughs> but New York is the greatest city on earth. I know. Right. I Rome, know. right? New York is the greatest city as far, on as earth. As far as I know. Right. I mean, I, I mean, we've all been to a lot of different places. Right. So how could you? How could you have all the, the be have this concentration of people who come here from all over the world to make it? I mean, I mean, you got some of the greatest people on earth here. Some of them right here in this room. Right. You well, know? you know, the, we mentioned before Coughlin and Giants have won. I'm not a Giant fan, so I don't really care about that. <laughs> but but I have to give it to them. They've won, and the Yankees are still from New York. So and the Met, there are some, the some teams do well. And the Mets did what they were supposed the Met, to do. What? what? Get to the, get to the to World win. Series. You're supposed to win. I mean, did you, did you uh, predict that preseason? You no. got you to gotta be happy what they did. Okay. All right. And that gets me to the Jets because, to yeah. me, the Jets pretty much played to their level. Um, I didn't feel like during the season that they were a great team, anywhere close to a great team. They were a solid team with a decent quarterback who had a good year. And I think, you know, you can't really ask more than them going, getting 10 wins and being, you know, a, a fringe playoff team. And, this, and in this case, they didn't make it. And I feel like, you know, what are we really asking here? Well, you're, you're right. I mean, it was a dramatic improvement over, over the last few years. But, again, when you get to that point, I guess this gets into a but what's the difference between somebody who makes it or team or player who makes the catch and somebody who doesn't? And maybe if you have too many of those people on one team, maybe this is what happens, that you can't. And remember, Bo said a couple times this about, sorry, we, we lost our composure. Because there were a couple times uh, Sheldon Richardson, I think, right. got uh, had, a, had an unsportsmanship-like penalty. And remember – the season began with, with Sheldon Richardson. He was the first off-season issue with right. the Jets, remember? Uh, driving crazy and getting stopped and having to get suspended. And 
you know, when those kinds of things filter into the, at the moment of truth, you lose your head. Right. You know, so I, I mean, I could, you know, I could. Uh, and, and what about, uh, we haven't mentioned Revis, but he was kind of exposed in that game. He was, he was torched. Now, he's a high character guy, but right. again, I think, and again, look at New England. They got what they they got what they wanted out of him. They right. said we need it, and then when it's time to re-up, said no because we think that, that we think that it's not going to get any better. Right. And guess what? They were right. Right. And and it's nothing, it's 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 nothing bad. But again, it seems like certain franchises, the San Antonio Spurs, uh, the uh, now it looks like Golden State, but San Antonio certainly over a long period of time. Right. Certain in the hockey, I don't know who would it be in hockey. Uh, Pat, who would it be in hockey? Blackhawks. Chicago, yeah, Chicago. Yeah, I mean, they just have a sense over a period of time, knowing when it's time, you know, when it's time to get you, when it's time to let you walk. Right. You know, and it just seems like in New York, and maybe this does get back into a New York thing, that you do have all these great people here, but in terms of the sports thing, they always feel they've got to, they got to get you flash. Right. They got to get you flash, but they, they, they bring in these names, but invariably the names are over. The, I mean Brandon Marshall, who was it was excellent, right? But Marshall, he's been on what, uh, like three, four, five teams. I want to get it wrong, but he's been traded, right? About three or four teams, right? And there's a and, and again, I, I I say this with all due respect because I do respect these guys. I mean they're they're tremendous professionals, but there is a reason. You know, there's a reason. There's a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right. and there's a Kobe Bryant, and then there's a reason why there are guys who don't quite do that I mean Brandon Brandon dropped Brandon dropped some crucial passes right that that a person of that caliber and he and he'd say Fitzpatrick you know we were you guys were happy that, oh man because you everybody's holding their breath you know and remember there was some times during the middle of this year Philadelphia I'd think of you know where he threw three picks right and and one of the things that the guy who is it do you remember the the, the defensive back who picked uh, McKelvin, right? Uh, Leotis McKelvin. He said something very interesting after the game. He's, you know, because he said, "Well, what do you think about the? What do you think about Fitzpatrick?" He said, "Fitz will be Fitz." That's all he said. Now he was his teammate in, in, in Buffalo for right. four years. He said, "Hey man," and he didn't say it with any malice. He said, "Hey man, Fitz is going to be Fitz." Right. He said, "He's always going to give you a chance to get the ball." Right. Now, and he did not say it like. As a, in a hating way, he just said just it. Just being realistic. Be, being realistic. Real. He said, right. all we had to do was hang in there because at, at some point, he, and maybe he went to Harvard. Maybe because he went to Harvard, he said, <laughs> I, know, I know you guys can't fit it in, but I can fit it in. Right. And, and because maybe you can fit it in Harvard, but you can't fit it in here. Right. So I'm sorry about that. Let's kick it the Ivy League. But, um, but that, that's, the, that's the beauty of, of the sport. I mean, you got to, like you said, you know, it was all there, but. It's the NFL team that, you know, guess what? Not on our watch. So Right. And in bowls, too. I mean, we, we talked about coaching. Um, but in all fairness to him, like you said, it is a successful year to win 10 right. games, especially as a rookie. Remember, he's a, he's a, he's I think a we forget that he, you know, he's a rookie head coach. This is his right. first year. Right. His first time going through all this. Right. Um, he's not Bill Belichick. Right. Uh, Bill, Be- you know, yeah. Bill Belichick has struggled. He struggled in Cleveland. Oh, it's not fired. like he just jumped in and, and did his thing. So I, I think um, even coaching-wise, yeah. experience was lacking. Uh, I, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm still not sold that, that the Jets have the right quarterback to take. I mean, where, no, they, where don't. Do, where, they don't. Who, they don't. Where, where do you expect to go when you have – and I'm, like I said, maybe you can win 10 games. Maybe you can get to the playoffs. Maybe a first-round exit is what you're looking for. But it's – I mean, I'm not thinking Super Bowl when when I have Fitzpatrick as my quarterback. Well, and I think that's their dilemma. Again, we we'll, we've we're going to move on to the to some real football now. And talk who's in the playoff, but yeah, right. but but again, I think the Jets end the season the way they began it with the same quarterback dilemma. That you know, who's going to be our quarterback? I mean, we we know that Geno pro- is not. Right. We're probably gonna. It's gonna be Fitzpatrick. I think Fitz, they give him another chance. But they. But to your point. But to your point is, yeah, it'll be Fitzpatrick. But can we get? Well, can he, we get to that next level with Fitzpatrick? Definitely earns at least to compete for the job next year, if not giving them a job. But he said, if it's Geno, who do you? But what if we could get a free agent or a trade? I mean, is it possible to get someone like Drew Brees? I mean, I, I don't hmm. know. Well, even, I mean, 
But there again, see, see there again, and, and again, you're talking about Drew Brees, but see, that's a typical New York move. Right. You bring in, New, you bring in Drew Brees when it's clear that, it's, that he's done. Yeah. Right. He, he's done. Right. He's gotten hurt this year. Oh, and, and, see, see, Pat, see, that's what you guys do. Let's get, let's get Drew Brees. That's it. Yeah, you, <laughs> while you're at it, why don't you bring in Peyton Manning well, to back was, him up? I was gonna, I was gonna say him, but I, I thought that was a little too much. Uh, are you actually, you actually gonna say that? No, I, I don't want it, but I could see, you know, maybe Woody goes back to his headline ways and and get an aging Manning, a uh, Peyton here and. Just to, right. know, yeah, because because he's looked so good this year, uh, Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, we, he's bring, a, bring your 17 interceptions to New York. Right, That's and what and, the, and the HGH. Well, I'm not. not oh, uh, uh, you know, you, you know, you, you're not supposed to talk about that. That's what I've heard. What? I mean, no, none of the NFL oh, uh, broadcasters heard. bring it up. It's something that's not touched. No, you're right. It's like you know. It's like it. It's like it did not happen. Really? It's like it didn't happen. We're not on Bill Roden on sports. It did. Right. I don't. I don't understand it. That's I the mean, NFL machine. You know, and part of me thinks it's because of the sources, Al Jazeera, and people. People hear that that right. name Al-Jazeera. and they're like, they, you know, oh, they, they, that, they think something true. else. Right. You know. No. But it's it's amazing, man. That that here's a story, and, and nobody's been talking about performance enhancement drugs in the NFL. That's, that's the real issue. Right, nobody. It's like, it's like and, and if any sport would need and thrive on human growth hormones, it's the National Football League. They want guys to bulk up. Right. But it's like, that's the biggest uninvestigated, untold story I think waiting to happen, and when and somebody it looks drops like that it's game. coming, it looks like it's coming. Well, I'm because this is the first major player that any that it's ever been associated with in football, and I, I I just I just wonder I can't remember now, but what was it like when when the HGH story first hit Major League Baseball and a, and a big name player? Did everybody deny it? Would everybody well, like, oh no way, this you know this can't be? I just wonder if it's the same type of beginning that that Major League Baseball had. Yeah, I think that's that's very interesting, and and also they had a very strong union that that actually fought it, and um, you know I think it was Mark McGuire, finally Sammy Sosa. Sosa right? Remember the courts got in, they they dragged all these guys into court, right? You right. know, and I think that the NFL, I don't know who's who they have pictures on, but I, I, I mean, I think they have a a, a bigger problem because if you look at every this year, how many players they just casually saying. Because so and so violated the NFL's drug policy, but there was no year-long suspension. You know, they didn't suspend him for the year. It's like, okay, get you know a couple games, right? Come back, right? No, I mean, you know, the NFL seem, you know, the every it's, it's like you said, every now and then you see you hear of a guy getting suspended for four weeks for you know using a banned substance. It's almost like they've. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm I'm talking, you know, not from any knowledge, but, you know, I'm just saying, you know, it just seems like this borderline conspiracy where, you know, they, they suspend the guy every couple months, you know, and it's under the radar just to keep the public at bay. And that, that because that will really, you know, I guess the, the sort of the NFL is like ancient Rome, you know, which which ultimately caved under its own sort of moral decay. And the NFL is like that. I think. I mean, I can't predict when it's going to happen. I mean, with how many generations, but <clears throat> there have been so many, so many uh, ugly things that have happened. I mean, do I like the sport? Of course. I mean, I like, I do like football, but it's this other stuff where, where money, money has become the only, only value that matters. Uh, probably not, and maybe that's to an extent that's a reflection on where American culture is going to. When that becomes the highest value for culture, I, I think that uh, we're. In, I think you're you're in trouble because there is no moral yardstick, and in the NFL, the only moral yardstick is printing money. Right. That that's that's what it is. So, yeah. Will, will I be at the playoffs next week? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I booked my ticket already. We're all gonna watch, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Occur, what occurs? What occurs? Yeah, no Mayfield question. say, if there's a hell below. We're all going to go. Say, <laughs> so listen, uh, we're at Home Sweet Harlem in Harlem, USA. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break, and um, then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk briefly about the some of the teams that are in the playoffs. Yeah, real football. Real, real football. And all the brothers, man. This is like we got some serious brothers playing quarterback again, once again. Right. You know, Tyrod Taylor 
sunk for Buffalo sunk the Jets. Right. Uh, Cam Newton looks like he's going to be the most valuable player. Right. Uh, Russell Wilson is like. He's back. Oh man, back. Uh, who am I missing? Um, Peyton Man. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bridgewater. Oh, Teddy Brid. Teddy Bridgewater. T- Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, and I, you know, this, this is a very fascinating discussion. Not just because I wrote a book called Third in the Mile: An Oral History of Black Quarterback. Right. But, but I mean, this again. I won't die. This is another segment. But I, th- I just think it's fascinating because that's the only position. That's that, that really it seemed like they'd really be kind of holding, you know, hold, because the defensive backfield is like all black. Defensive line. I mean, you know, the one place where there hasn't been this complete breakthrough has been a quarterback. I think they've been trying to keep Drew Brees and they try to keep Brett Favre, all these guys alive, you know, Manning, you know, his neck is broken. <laughs> but but I, I, I just think, you know, that that is, it's, there's going to be, I think when almost 18, 19, 20 of the starting quarterbacks are going to be black. What do you think about that? Well, you know, we, we shall see. I, I mean, it's just a, the game changing, and you need, you need, you know, now the stuff that black quarterbacks uh, do is being appreciated because, you know, you need to be a, a dual threat or a triple threat or quadruple threat like Cam Newton. You know, he does almost everything. And sells so, tickets. Yeah, sells tickets, <laughs> right. you know, charismatic. But, but you know, it's still, it's still uh, you know, there's, there's still going to be a place for uh, – for non-black quarterbacks, you know, I, you know wow. there's a place for them. You know, <laughs> well, I don't think they're—they're they're not going to disappear completely, nor nor should they. But no. it's about bottom line is about no matter what, you got to be the best player. And it's a style too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, I say it's black quarterback because mm-hmm. there's a certain style associated. But I mean, if you're going to play quarterback in the 21st century now, man, you got to you, you got to get a go. You, you got these 200. I was looking at Aaron Rodgers, um, but you got you got these 340. Pound guys coming at you running four fours. Right. You know, and we were talking about that even in the Buffalo game, where your quarterback, your your poor Ryan Fitzpatrick, and, and now Fitzpatrick, to his credit, did he, run a lot. And he's mobile. And, yeah, running very. And Andrew Luck is mobile. Manzel, who you love, is oh, is is. is <laughs> he's uh, he's mobile. He's running himself right out the league. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> right. I mean, right in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's just the the the, the uh, position itself is changing. Right. So we'll be back in a little bit. We'll be back. Uh, talk playoffs, and uh, then we've got a couple of really special people we like you to introduce, or I'd like to introduce and talk to, so we'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love, this is Bill Roden on Sports. Welcome back to Bill Roden on Sports. So, Jamal, is DraftKings still involved in our in, in the website? No, I think I think, kinda, I think they're taking a hiatus. Yeah. See now, who told you? Who told who? You you were ahead of the curve by far on that one. You know, I was I was <laughs> right. all I was all for it. Oh you know? man, let's just play some of those shows back. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You were definitely ahead of the curve. I think it was you know about a week or so after you 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 X'd them out of our show. They were non-existent, pretty much. I mean, they're still around, and and actually, you can still play them now. You know, it's, it's everything's under appeal. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, anyway, Jamal, since you're take us through um, uh, looking ahead. All right. I mean, to, 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 to those those people who listen to Road on Sports who like to get some type of, you know, who do do play fantasy or whatever. What, right. what, well, what fan, we, fantasy's pretty much done, but oh, good. Play, well, what do know, we have for the for I mean, the, uh, wild, wild card? Wild card weekend, Saturday's games. We have uh, Kansas City at Houston and Pittsburgh at at Cincinnati. Uh, Kansas City Houston's a 4:30 game. Pitt Cincinnati is an 8:15 game. I mean, those are. I mean, the the Kansas City Houston game is a snoozer to me. Um, you know, I, I see Kansas City winning that game. Houston doesn't have much except your, well, another J. one of your favorite players, J.J. J. J. Watt. Look, <laughs> right, wide home. We'll will, will he come? We'll will he take will over he, the game? Will How he about come that? through? That's will he all. come through? You either do it or you don't. Right. right. So, you know, I like Kansas City in that game. Uh, you agree with that? Uh, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why and then not? you got Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. That's an interesting game. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Uh, Andy, two brothers, two right. brothers, head coach. Two, right. Andy Dalton's out. Um, so they have AJ although, McCarron. Although you know what, that might help because Cincinnati has been terrible 
right. the playoffs with Dalton and with Marvin. So right. maybe, so maybe particularly the uh, Dalton. Dalton. So He's I think you know what I think this may be a case where it's probably good that Dalton is not playing because right. McCarron is hungry. He's just trying to make plays. He's not going to try to do too much. Right. He's not trying to win the game. He mm-hmm. just wants to basically get him through. So I, I like. Um, but at the same time, Pittsburgh is so beaten up, man. I mean, I, I like. Uh, well, Roethlisberger is still around. He's still That's around. That's a key, and then uh, Brown. Brown and, and Antonio Brown has, has got the goods, uh, but I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Yeah, I yeah. think I'm. I think I'm going to go Cincinnati. I, I, I want to go Pittsburgh, but something is telling me you know Cincinnati's at home. I actually like McCarron in terms. Of, you know, he's a yeah, he, you know, good, too, exactly right? good pedigree. You know, he's right. been in big games, obviously. Right. So, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Then on yeah. Sunday you got uh, the first game at 1 p.m. Seattle. At Minnesota, so your boy. Oh, uh, so two, you know, two, two, brothers, two brothers at the two QB. Brothers. I don't know what you're gonna man. do here. What are you gonna do? Oh, brother! Well, we shout, we we, we praise progress. <laughs> that's what we do on Bill Road No Sports. We praise progress. I hear that. But um, that, yeah, that's tough, man, because they're you know uh, Minnesota's been playing pretty tough, and I, Russell Wilson is, is great. But if you've been practicing against a guy like that. It's right. not like it's going to come with some kind of epiphany. Like, oh, my God, how do we play against a guy like Russell Wilson? Right. You know, they, play against, they play against Teddy Bridgewater. Right, right. You know, and uh, I, like, I like Bridgewater, man. He plays with confidence. He's a real, he seems a really sharp guy. Right. And he's only in his second year. Right. Yeah, I'll take and it's gonna free- <laughs> and it's gonna It's going to be freezing. In uh, Minnesota, oh, that's, that's a, right. You know, they now play they play outside. outside. I mean, I don't know how cold. <laughs> if it's if it's twenty degrees in New York, I don't know what it's going to be. Oh man, in Minnesota, oh, it's going to be like Buffalo so, on steroids. Yeah, I'm going to be cold just watching that oh, game. Oh god. So, but I, I agree. With, I, I got to go. I, I can't go against Seattle in this game. They've been there before. They've been there, done that. Remember, you talked to uh, Richard Sherman. Right. He told you they didn't mind if they played on, in Mars. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't mention Minnesota. Yeah, he didn't mention Minnesota. <laughs> Mars a little hotter. Mar- right? Mar- Mars is much hotter. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I still like Seattle to pull that. Uh, then the, the last game is very interesting. Um, Green Bay, mm. who's been struggling, mm. you know, beyond anybody's belief. Now, now remember, we don't say the R word. Right, against, <laughs> against the, fo- the professional football team from Washington, D.C. I hope they lose by 100 points. Until <laughs> <laughs> they get rid of that name. Right, I hope right. They, I, I hope the final score is like 63 to 1. Well, the way Green Bay's playing, I don't, I don't know, yeah, I you know. know. Um, know. Washington, and it's funny that out of these four games, in, in terms of Vegas, Washington is the only home favorite out of the four games. They're yeah, favored Cousins, by one point. Kirk Cousins he's plays been very playing, well at home. He, yeah, he's been he playing really great. Really well at home. All that said, I like Green Bay. <laughs> I, just, I, I just I just feel like they're going to put it together at some point. Not totally. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but I think they'll win this game. They, they Really, they've been looking shaky, though. They have. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers. You know, and, and that's the thing. I guess that's one of the um, – I don't want to say the beauties of sport, but you, when you see people – in front of you, when you see them begin to take that slide, take that right. step back, whether it's uh, who are we seeing do that? Well, Peyton Manning, uh, right. uh, Adrian Peterson. Now, he, I know that's the game we talk about. He's, I don't know what he's doing, but he hasn't taken a step back. Right, this no, guy no. looks tremendous. Well, he, you know, he's a machine. Woo. He's which, a machine. which is why, and I'm sorry, we I didn't think about this when we talked about them. If he's really running, man, between him. Teddy Bridgewater, especially that weather. If it's yeah. cold and, he can, and he's running. Yeah, that's 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 you know. And, Sharon, and again, Richard Sherman has gotten beaten uh, this year. In other right. words, you know. Yeah. You know. I mean, that cornerback position is rough. You're gonna get, especially don't get you 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 play a couple of years. You know, get the, some years on you. You know, you're gonna get yeah, well, torched. With Daryl, Daryl, you know, Daryl Revis. Right. It just it just happens. You right. know, it just happens. You just hope it doesn't happen again. See, that's what New England knows. They knew it was happening. They right. know what's happening. Smart team. And they said, right. you know what? It's time to move on. We'll tell you, you know, we're, you're on the, we're not going to give you all, all that money. We know you're on the downside of your right. career. Right. Go to thank the Jets. You for, yeah, thank you for, yeah. Go to the yeah, Jets so we can yeah, torture you. Without blessings. <laughs> <laughs> without blessings. <laughs> you know, somebody was saying, too, that the reason why uh, the Jets got in anyway, remember they, they, beat, uh, they beat New England, and remember Belichick decided to, in sudden death overtime right, right. The to toy, kick the, the coin ball toss, yeah. because they were saying he didn't want to face Pittsburgh. Right, right. I mean, you know, there's, there's so, a whole bunch of uh, theories out there. But, uh, yeah. you know, so we'll see. So, you know, four actually pretty good games. Right. Um, this should be an, an entertaining weekend, and we'll see who comes out of it. Um, out of the, you know, I, so you like, you like, you didn't tell me if it's Minnesota or Seattle. You like, you kind of went both I, I, ways I, on you it. You caught me on that one. 
Um, I'm going to stick with Seattle. You got, you got Seattle. Oh, brother. You know, you know, just for the heck of it, man. I mean, it's not, you know, I'll, I'll go with Minnesota. All right. I mean, I like Russell Wilson, but you know what? I win. Everybody you goes win, to the you, beach. You I'm rolling, <laughs> rolling on sport. Everybody goes to the beach. You know, you get Russell Wilson or you get Teddy Bridgewater. All right. So, all, right. all right. Sounds good. That it? All so right. That's, so that's the football. That's the football for the segment. Yeah. So yeah. good. So, um, It'll be exciting. I, next, I'm headed down to uh, over or out to Arizona. I'm leaving Friday to cover um, what some people call the God Bowl, uh, Clemson, Clemson, Alabama. Wow! Because you know the, the head coach of Clemson, of Clemson is a very religious, right? Sort of person. Let you know about it, right? Yeah. So we'll see about that. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that today. Uh, we're going to be right back. We have a special guest. Or two. Uh, or two. And uh, we'll be right back and we will bring them. What, what did Jay-Z say? Bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them out. Bring <laughs> Uh-oh. Them out, bring out. We'll be right back. All right. Featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. Hello, everybody. We're we're back with an expanded group at Home Sweet Harlem uh, in Harlem, USA. And uh, we've got, uh, uh, well, actually, let's see, we've got. Donna Lewis, who is the owner of this wonderful place, and uh, sitting next to me also, we've got Rome Neal, uh, who is a singer extraordinaire. Who maybe you may even see him singing here, at somewhere. But you'll, you'll, but you'll, you'll tell us all. We're about working that. on that. Yeah, we're working <laughs> on that. But, but uh, this is really special, Donna, because this is the first time that we've always we always record in studio. We always record in studio, and uh, you know we. Uh, my wife has known you for a long time. Actually, you were somewhere else. You were. Well, well, well tell us. Just tell us about how this place. Tell us where, where this place. This is in, on Amsterdam Avenue, across from uh, City College. It is right. And uh, just tell us how you arrived at this place. The the food is the food is delicious. The grits are to die for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, tell us how you got to this particular spot. I used to have a space on 135th between 7th and 8th Avenues. Mm. And um, by the way, good evening, everyone. Uh, Hello. Hello. I had a cafe on 135th between 7th and 8th Avenues called Home Sweet Harlem Cafe. Closed that eight years ago and repositioned my business to this larger, nicer location. Yeah, this is very, this is and a beautiful spot. Drop the cafe. It's just Home Sweet Harlem. Home Sweet Harlem. And... You, I, I know the other, but I see some of the same furniture. It's really very cool. Um, why did you decide to come to come back? I mean, I know you have a great sense of optimism. Why, why did you decide to, to come back? I never intended to stop. The community, it seemed, wouldn't let me stop. I couldn't walk the streets or ride my bike without someone calling and asking me when I was going to do it again, when I was going to open a restaurant, what kind of soup was I going to make when I opened the new business. Um, it, it seemed that Harlem wanted me to come back. All right. Uh, now, you're a chef by, by instinct, by training, by... I'm, an in, I'm a good cook <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of practice. Mm. All right. So what's your... Well, well let's get it kept to... The, the reason I'm so happy that you're here in Harlem is because you know from the time that you had your first restaurant yes cafe now as you know Harlem has completely evaporated I mean it's it's it's, it's just changed mm-hmm. you know and it's almost as if uh there are a lot of white restaurant or white owned restaurants with patrons and that kind of stuff and so I just thought it was really cool that you also have you know black owned cafes and restaurants springing up too and um, I think it's you know it's very important that we support them, everybody, not just black folks. Support, I mean everybody, because this is a great spot. Um, <clears throat> did that play any role? I mean, you could, like I said, you've seen s- uh, s- some dramatic changes in the business of Harlem since you, since you 
closed the last cafe and then opened this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, has, has it been good? I mean, do you think the change has been good? I think ultimately change is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is wonderful, uh, <clears throat> and I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but doggone it, beep beep. I'm one of the pioneers. There you go. One there of the pioneers go. of healthy in Harlem, mm-hmm. of free range, right. uh, organic, mm. fresh cooked. Yes. So it's great, no matter who is moving Harlem forward in that direction. I don't care who they are, as long as they employ local people. Ideally, if they live locally, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But that said, um, it. I do miss being able to go to locations in the community and being able to find grits. Mm. I miss biscuits. Mm. I miss the things that um, I loved about Harlem 20 years ago. So Mm. I'm also helping to uh, continue to bring that to the community, not necessarily every day. I do biscuits every weekend and holiday. Mm. Um, We have fresh baked organic breads. So no, it doesn't matter who's bringing business into Harlem, ideally, they live here, they employ local people, and um, it just moves us to a healthier future. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and sitting next to me, Rome. Now, 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 Rome, how, how do you know, I saw, I, I was here eating the grits, the, the delicious, the, the grits are tremendous, I yes, must tell you. And, and Pat, you had something too, right, today? Fish tacos were excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Fish tacos, and uh, I, had to, I forget what I had when I was uh, here Sunday, but everything was just great. Ambiance was great. Yeah. You know, how, how did you guys? How, did you guys know each other before? No, we so. didn't. I, I actually was at WHCR with Daia El Sanusi, her uh, her radio show in the morning. We were Lawrence Holder, the playwright, and Jerome Jennings, jazz drummer, extraordinaire. We were there having an interview, mm-hmm. and uh, we, after the interview, I said, I'm hungry. And Daia said, well, go to Home Sweet Harlem. And I, said, I said, okay, and I'm on my bike, and it's right around the corner. And I came here and just fell in love with the place. But not only did I fall in love with the place, I met you here, Bill, right. and your wife. And Donna, we got struck up a wonderful conversation where she's open to having poetry in the space and having live jazz in the space. So, you know, it's a no-brainer that a godsend that I strolled into the space. And, and it's interesting, the, the history is that we, we don't go way back, but we go back about five years. About four, maybe. About four, four, yeah, well, the last yeah. thing, the, the, you know, now Rome is a, is a, you're a tremendous singer. In uh, fact, you tremendous. gave Tremendous, yeah, I'm still working at it. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but you're a tremendous singer. In fact, thank you, thank you, you gave me, uh, uh, a CD you did, right, Monk? No, 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 not a CD. It wasn't a CD. You did a, um, it was like a one-man show or something like a that? A one-man show about Thelonious Monk. Yeah. yeah, man. Anybody who could do a one-man show about Thelonious Monk is tremendous. Yeah. Thank, uh, you. Thank and, you. But the reason I was, I was, I, I, was I, I met him over the Paris Blues, but why I was talking to you was because of your daughter. Yes, uh, that's right. Uh, your, your daughter is uh, an Olympic swimmer. Uh, she was, when we talked, it was on the eve of the 2012 games in London, right? Was it the Eve? Yeah, because you, she was getting ready to go. She was, Not the Eve, because I was there. <laughs> I was in London. No, no, no. I talked to you when you were over at the... Uh, it was after? Was no, it, it was before. before. It, was it was before. Be, so, I mean, it was on an evening, maybe the week before, because yeah, she yeah. had just made the Olympic trials, right. and, uh, and and you made contact with me and we had that conversation yeah. over at Paris Blues yeah. yeah so tell us about your daughter her name well, my and, daughter's yeah. name is Leah Neal and she's uh, right now she's a junior at Stanford University and she's uh, a world class swimmer I'm very proud of her she's she's been swimming since she was uh, 8 years old wow and breaking records since she was 10 years old and uh uh, as she went in London, she went to 2012. She went to the Olympics in London, England, and uh, I was there. All right. The evening before 
<laughs> um, just how nervous were you then? I, you know, I was cool. I must say, I, I imagine that, I was cool. I was, you know, because I think I had my little video camera. So you're a cameraman. You got, you got, you have to be focused. So in that respect, you know, so it's just documenting what was going on. But it was a wonderful. The whole family went over, and we had a, a marvelous time. You know, just being there, cheering her on, and she did great. You know, just to be there. I think. A, uh, Michelle Obama was in the audience that really? night, yeah, of the wow. Olympics uh, that day, you know, and um, she did fabulous. Uh, we're looking forward to the the Olympics in Rio in 2016, in, in August. This in August, is 2016. Right around we, the block. Yeah, four years ago we were talking about 2016. Will she make it? Is she's going to make it? And it's still there, you know. She's doing very good, and uh, she qualifies for the the 50 and the 100 freestyle at this point and um, we'll find out at the uh, Olympic trials in in June late June and by July 4th we'll know what she'll be swimming in in the Olympics uh, for 2016. Yeah, you know what was interesting too you know we talk about we talk about black quarterbacks and all that but it's swimming. swimming Remember we yeah. talked the other day all of a sudden they're like all of a sudden there's this group of black swimmers Yes. Who are really coming. Yeah. In fact, there's somebody on Stanford's team yeah. that's pushing your daughter, right? That's right. There's a young black sister by the name of Simone Manuel. She's she's a year younger than my daughter, and she's from she's from Texas, and she Texas. is the fastest one on the team. She's she's broke uh, national records, and uh, Leah is right on her tail. <laughs> so um, it's going to be wonderful to see what happens. Actually, at the NCAA championships last year there was the 100 freestyle and uh, this was the first time ever history making that three young black ladies took first second and mm. third Simone was first place mm. Leah was second and an, another young lady from Florida Natalie Hines she came in mm. third place so this was a mm. history making moment for young black females in, in the swimming mm. World, man, that's that's great. We, we were joking the other day. Said people get nervous. Said, oh shit, here they go, man. You know, now, now swimming. You know, <laughs> you know. But you know what? But that, and it kind of, in some ways, it's kind of all gets together. Like your restaurant being here, uh, uh, your daughter, other, you know, uh, young black swimmers. Because really, it's just a matter of <clears throat> opportunity. You know, it's mm -hmm. really just a matter of opportunity. If I've been reading a book. I just got this book by Tom, um, uh, by uh, Tom Burrell, and mm -hmm. it's called Brainwashed, mm. and it's a it's a fascinating book. It almost came, came out a couple years after Forty Million Dollar Slaves, but he's advertised Burrell advertised. He had his own advertising agency, but he started talking about how black folks have been brainwashed over to to to, uh, to um, embrace our own inferiority when re in reality we're so great we do so many spectacular things and have done so accomplished oh, yeah. so much in such a short period of time and you talk about swimming remember I, I remember doing a story uh, at Ebony magazine when it was this whole thing about well you know the reason blacks can't swim is because they're not born I mean just 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 not just bullshit after bullshit that that and people actually I mean you're talking to like science oh yes well you know the thing you know and there's actually no basis in fact, I mean, I, I tease Pat all the time because I say his assignment every week is him. How are the black guys in hockey doing? Because because yeah. Pat is a big <laughs> hockey guy, mm -hmm. and so his assignment every year: tell me how the black guys in hockey are doing. But there, there's been since, since you've been followed, there's been more young black players coming mm. into hockey. You know, it is really just a matter of um, opportunity. And at the end of the day, I know I'm lecturing here, but but at the end of the day, though, it makes everything better when you have more swimmers, when you have more black restauranteurs, when you have more, it makes everything better, don't you think? I think so. <laughs> Diversity is the key. I mean, we're in this world together, let's face it. You know, there's no way, way around it um, that we can just sit at this table and, and not have you here, but my brother, you know. Well, he's a sound guy. Well, even then, I'm telling you, you know, somebody has to do the sound. <laughs> But he loved, he loved the grist. It used to be us behind the camera. You know, we, we weren't even behind the camera at one point, you know. And then someone like Spike Lee comes along and says he wants 
black people behind the cameras uh, and manning the, 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 the booms and things like that, you know. So that, it's wonderful that this is happening. It's wonderful what's happening in Harlem to, you know, when I came in here and saw a restaurant owned by a, a black sister, a sister that owns a restaurant in Harlem, like Paris Blues, this, this brother, um, Sam, Sam, uh, what's up, Sam's last name, forget Sam's last name, Hodges. He owns this place called Paris Blues and he's owned it for about 50 years, mm. you mm. know, and it's jazz seven nights a week mm. there. So, you know, and then there's people like Lawrence Holder who wrote the play Oh, Monk, the play. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. wrote the play Monk, and now he's he and another play about Max Roach, uh, the Gospel According to Max Roach, which we'll be doing a, a, a premiere reading of at the New Eurekan Poets Cafe on this Saturday. Lawrence Holder Saturday. What's it? January. January 9th, okay. Saturday at 9:30 at the New World Famous New Eurekan Poets Cafe, and Lawrence Holder has written plays when the chickens come home to roost, which starred Denzel Washington. Uh, Zora, which started Felicia Allen mm. or Felicia um, Richard, you know. So, so, you know, you know, we are uh, here and we're not going anyplace, and we're making we're making mm. history. We've been making history. We started back in the 13th century with Kankamanka Musa, the um, the emperor of Ghana of uh, um, uh, Mali, who mm. who has so much gold that he broke broke the uh broke the uh, the banks in, in different uh, countries as he traveled through through the world you know different continents other continents and so we're like i said we're we, we're here and we're not going no place and we are strong um, dignified people i mean we do have our rough necks <laughs> <laughs> but we are here and we uh, we're not going nowhere you know i'm in the nba yeah, but yeah, that that you know what that that that's gonna be another that's a whole another broadcast. And we just have to start using the N word though, you know. Mm-hmm. We just have to. Oh I, yeah, I, I yeah, don't know yeah. how many how many do you, do you lecture? Sometimes I lecture people, you know, when I see young people. I mean, I pick my spots. <laughs> you you just can't, you know, you got to be kind of cool about it. But I will pick my spots when I hear. In fact, I was at a this again. This is this is random. I was in a hardware store, and so there were these young. Uh, I think they were Dominican kids, and so they said, "Hey, you know, N word, get the songs all back." So I kind of sized the situation up. I said, okay, I think, I don't see it. I think the hardware they work here is not a dangerous mode. Mm-hmm. There are three of them. I said, listen, my brother. Um, no, I didn't say my brother. Because usually when you say that, sometimes that can. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, now let me ask you a question. If I came into here and I said that I called you, now, I, no offense, but I said I called you a speck. And he kind of, I said, how would you feel? I said, oh, no, I, you know, we wouldn't do that. You know, so I said, so. Why should you feel I should feel comfortable with you using the N word? Mm-hmm. And so they said, "Well, I don't, I don't know, but you know, a lot of your own people use it, you know, which is true." But I said, "Yeah, I, I, I get that, but I'm just talking about you correcting yourself because mm. you get so. So why do you think, for example, if you went into any neighborhood, you use the K word like kike or what? You probably wouldn't." You, you would, like a clan. Yeah, if you use any of those Man. kind of words, mm-hmm. you wouldn't survive the day, or something mm-hmm. devastating would happen. Why do you think the only word that everybody could use is okay mm-hmm. is N word? Why do you think that you said, was, was that cool? Was that hip? That mm-hmm. even that, 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 that? So I guess you know we had a conversation about it. I'm sure he's probably still using it, but I, I just think that given what we're all talking about here, you know, I think you do have to. We have to keep reminding ourselves how great we are as a as a as a people, and remind other people how much of a 24/7 effort has been made to just work on everybody's mind, our mm-hmm. mind, everybody's mm-hmm. mind. So, anyway, um, you see, you got a lot of conversation on Bill Road on sports. Amen. But uh, anyway, listen, uh, we we began by talking about the NFL, and now we ended up talking about this. But you know what? That's you know, listen. Uh, so, Don, anything else? Can I say something? One thing. Yeah. Uh, um, you, you said um, the great white hope. I'm getting ready to do, also getting ready in February, direct a play about Jack Johnson. Jack. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Down at the theater for the new city. Great. When is that? It opens uh, February 4th and it'll run through uh, for four weeks. At oh, that's the theater, fascinating. Theater for the new city on the Lower East Side. Um, and it's going to be fantastic. There's one man show, another one man show. I'm doing nice. It, yeah. 
Nice, so, nice, nice. Say that again. I mean, I, I think that's very. Uh, it's a it? play called "Dare to Be Black" by Tommy mm, Jones. Uh, not Tommy Jones. I forget my brother's name. I'm directing them too. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's at Theater for the New City, 155 First Avenue on the Lower East Side, mm -hmm. and it's got it's a one man show about the great boxer. Um, Jack Johnson. I keep almost. I'm ready to say James Earl Jones. Who did the film. That's what some of it, That's how history is. Oh yeah, James Earl Jones. No, that's Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. That's uh, right. Yeah, he's up for. Um, you know, of all people, John McCain is actually trying to push uh, now the Obama administration yes, right. for clemency. Well, that's what we're trying to do with the play. Also, the the um, the playwright is really strong on clemency for for Jack Johnson. Uh, is trying to get Obama to go along with it also. Come on, President, you could do yes. it. You could do it. You're right on the mess. You could do it. Nobody's nothing to fear now. You're done. You but won. Since I have, do have this moment, I'll, I'll throw it in there again. I'm at the New Eureka Poets Cafe this Saturday night with a fantastic play called The Gospel According to Max Roach. Mm. That's going to be a fantastic first premiere reading of the play written by Lawrence Holder, starring Jerome Jennings, and followed by a jazz um, concert by Jerome Jennings Septet with some fantastic players. So that's a full evening um, of entertainment to start the New Year's off. And I do a series called Banana Putting Jazz. Like Donna, I love Harlem. I, every time I came to Harlem, I used to go to this place called Wimps. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with the banana pudding at Wimps. And um, and I think once that closed, and there was no way I couldn't get banana. Every time I came to Harlem, it was religious to go to Wimp and get me some banana pudding. Mm -hmm. And they Do you have banana pudding here? Not right now, but I'll put it on the menu. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting like my son to salivate. So, uh, so I started making banana pudding. I, at my first jazz set at the New York Post Cafe, uh, I made a banana pudding, and we call it banana pudding jazz. And I've been doing it for 12 years so far. Wait, but you know what? Now, when I met you, gave me this banana pudding. I gave you some man, banana pudding. Man, that was good. That, <laughs> now I remember. It all comes yeah, back, man. That yeah. banana pudding was tremendous. But anyway, listen. Uh, we, we're going to turn this into the cooking hour uh, next. Don, one, 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 hey, I want you to say, close, bring us out. But, so if anybody comes in, I've given you time to think about it. Oh, so if somebody comes in, they say, oh, we heard about this place. We listened to Bill Roden's podcast, and we came in, and, and what, do they like get like a menu or, you know, well, we... They would get a menu, and I'm willing to offer a slice of delicious sweet potato pie. Mm. Oh, okay. That's, that's Order a meal, good. have a drink, and you get a slice sweet of pie. Sweet pie. Okay, so you're for, I'm coming tomorrow. <laughs> I, say, listen, I, heard, I heard about this show. Okay, so listen. So if you come in to Home Sweet Harlem, Home Sweet Harlem, and what's the exact name of the address? Is? 1528 Amsterdam Avenue. 1528 Amsterdam Avenue, right across the street, uh, kind of from... The Knack Building at City College. Right. And Pat came up here. It was pretty easy, right? You just It's very easy to get here. Very Take accessible. the number one or the number nine train to 137th Street. Mm, right. Yep. Or the B or C, walk up the hill through St. Nicholas Park. Right. And ask for Donna. Ask for Donna. You'll probably see me here. And... Um, Hey, everybody, listen, thank you guys for thank, hey, thank you for hosting us, thank Donna. You. It's been tremendous. Rome, thanks for you know, just coming and spur of the moment. Oh, yes, my uh, uh, to the uh, Brooklyn College MFA students, uh, thank you guys for continuing to, to grind. This is where we're kind of evolving into a sort of a project here, a, a day in the life of uh, a journalist. Because we do a lot of stuff now as journalists. You know, I'm a sports columnist at the New York Times, but you know, I've always been fascinated by communicating at as many levels as our inventor in your generation uh, if, if, you know if you're 19 20 21 if you don't do all this stuff it's kind of like you can't even like in our if you couldn't type if you can't shoot it edit it write if you can't do all this stuff podcast broadcast you know it's like you don't can't function but I love it it's fun it's great so anyway, um, Jamal, thanks again for another uh, it
take the count. They can't see that. You know, we're gonna have we're gonna have a third count. You know what? Because what's what's his name? Curlew. Cur Curlew is gonna make sure that we have the, the little box that we could plug in the yes. whole thing. Tell him. We'll get on. <laughs> no, thank thank you. Uh, thanks to uh, Home Sweet Harlem for hosting us, of course. Pat. All right, so we'll see everybody. Uh, happy New Year. We didn't. This is our first broadcast since the New Year. So have a very happy, prosperous New Year, everybody. Very healthy. The show goes great. The restaurant's going to be tremendous. We're going to be here a lot. I think we're going to try to do this a lot more often. This is kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.